When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and here we are at the Aegeus Bowl looking back at the first day of the World Test Championship final. Simon and I are here at the Aegeus Bowl and well it's been of course it's the second day today because the first day was totally washed out. It's been quite a compelling day's cricket. On this show today we're going to look back at the day's play and also we're going to feature very strongly Virat Kohli because not only is he 44 not out for the Indians but also it's the 10th anniversary this weekend of his Test match debut in the West Indies in June 2011. So we're going to sort of celebrate his amazing rise as the best batsman in the world and possibly the most prolific batsman who's ever lived, as far as international cricket is concerned, with two men who know him pretty well, Sonny Gavaskar and also Dinesh Kartik, the uh, current Indian player playing in the IPL, etc. So two quite interesting, different opinions on Virat Kohli. But what about your opinion of Virat Kohli, Simon? Well, he's a genius, isn't he? Uh, t- today, really difficult conditions. And you, you, th- you think of a player like that, you, you, you expect him... I mean, the, the crowd cheered. Well, the, the, you know, the, the poor old batsman, Shubman Gill, walking off. The crowd were cheering as Shubman Gill walked off. And they, you know, it must be quite dispiriting in a way. They weren't cheering for his innings. They were cheering because Shubman Gill was out of the way. And in, in comes Virat Kohli. But the, the crowd turned up to watch Kohli today. But it was, you know, really hard-working innings from him. And you, in a way, you expect more flamboyance, whatever, don't you? But he, he, he just decided these are difficult conditions and he had to play in a, in a very particular way. It was sort of compelling for different reasons. You know, if you're, if you're a white ball fan today, you know, you, or you like T20, then it probably wasn't a day for you because you want to see Cody bashing it everywhere. But if you, if you love the sort of the nitty gritty of test match cricket, it was a, it was a real arm wrestle of a day. Hmm. Yes, it was. That's, that's a good way of, of putting it. I think basically India are on top hmm. because I know if you put a team in, in these conditions, you're hoping for five or six wickets yeah. for 150 rather than the three down that, that India are. And uh, definitely New Zealand got it wrong in the first session, not deliberately. I mean, they just didn't quite hit the, the right lines and lengths. Sometimes it's pressure that, that causes that because it's much harder being forced to bowl first than choosing 
to bowl first, especially in these sorts of helpful conditions. There's a green pitch, lovely clouds and the floodlights on, swinging atmosphere, and especially Tim South, who didn't get it right in the first hours play and as a result the Indians got to 60 odd for no wicket which they shouldn't really have been able to in those conditions but I have to give some credit to the Indian batsman as well and Kohli's legacy and influence was was all pervading because all of them all the Indian batsmen except with, with the maybe exception of, of Chiteshwar Pajara batted out of their crease mm. and came right at the New Zealand bowlers and really sort of try force them to bowl a different length and line from the one they probably wanted to because they were sort of fur, far down the wicket and that was something that Coley did very drastic change in his method from 2014 where he came here and struggled an average only 13 in the series against England and obviously Jimmy Anderson gave him a, a lot of problems Came here in 2018, totally different, right down the pitch, trying to snuff out the movement, get as close to the ball as possible. And the other Indian batsman did that today, and it was really effective. But the, the fascinating thing about that, of course, is that Shubman Gill was tiptoeing down the pitch, and he tried it to Carl Jameson, and Jameson bowled him a short ball that actually moved back in. It cut back in off the pitch, a bounce, and it clonked him on the helmet. I mean, that, that takes some doing, doesn't it, actually, to come down the pitch to a bowler like Jameson, cause, and... It was it was a real clanging blow, wasn't it? It was it was sort of yeah. one of those moments where you went, <gasps> you know, you, you, you sucked your breath in because it, it, you don't see that happen very often. That sort of thing. It followed him. How did he play it? He couldn't have played it, could he? I mean, it was it was it was a if you're going to come down the pitch, it, and it's impossible mm. to play a ball like that. Yeah, and it was a good tactic from the bowler. Uh, who, when you see a, a batsman, you know, batting out of your crease and trying to get near to you, yes, I mean, it's it's almost uh, slightly uh, sort of impudent, yeah. actually. And a, a bowler with any any kind of guts is going to is going to do the old uh, give the old bouncer to, to a batsman like that. In fact, Pajara was also hit by uh, uh, Neil Wagner, who bowled a lot of short balls in a particular spell, as he quite often does. And, and Pajara was the only one who sort of stayed back in his crease, but he's become a kind of he's become a sort of punch bag for the Indian team, hasn't he? Sort of withstanding blows against Australia in that extraordinary run chase in Brisbane in in the winter. Um, I, I mean, New Zealand has gradually got into it, but I think the Indians threw them off balance a tiny bit in that first hour or so by. The, the, the confidence uh, and, the, and the skill with which they played. And, uh, they, you know, the, the, the New Zealanders were, I thought, a little bit disappointing. They should have had India 60 for four, really, mm. at, at lunch, and they were 60 for two. And then Kohli, brilliant, and, and Rahani as well, exceptional batting. And just that's when I thought Kohli's skill really came through uh, footwork, you know, outstanding position, recognition of the old loose ball, knowing what to lead, what to play. He played and missed two or three times, but but not very often. Also, fantastic running between the wickets, pushing the fielders, getting sneaking twos in where a lot of batsmen would only have settled for one, and just being almost indefatigable, just just looking so resilient and strong at the crease yeah discipline uh, real discipline that, that's that's the thing about it today wasn't it? it it wasn't a day for for flashy batting you 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 really had to sort of knuckle down and, and respect the conditions and you know respect new zealand's attack as well five man 
pace attack is pretty, yeah, pretty relentless. And they're all decent bowlers as well. They all offer something a little bit different. If you look at it, you've got the two left armers, Wagner and Bolt are very different types of bowlers. You've got De Grand Home, who's, who's, you, you, you feel actually, in a way, he could have been one of the most effective bowlers today because the, the way he bowls, you know, a great amount of luck actually bowled one superb delivery that sort of pitched middle and leg and clipped the back pad in front of off stump went through to the keeper and they appealed and it was it was turned not out turned down not not out but then you've got Southie as well uh, opening the bowling and you've got Jameson who's tall so they in a way they've got although they've got five a five man pace attack they're all very different and India resisted them I mean it, what it, I think it has to be said though uh, it's, it's you know it's an old problem isn't it it, it was a, ultimately a frustrating day the umpires taking the players off a bad light, you know, around about the tea interval afterwards, you know, about three times. And did the light look much worse? I mean, the lights were on all day. I mean, we, we've, been here, we, isn't it? we've been here before. We have uh, many times and we're going to be here again, clearly. And the, the, the sad thing is that the umpires feel duty bound to uh, look at their light meter and go, well, you know, it looks a bit dark. And the batsmen haven't, I mean, actually, it was just on the back of the first time they went off was just on the back of a brilliant over from Tim Southey. I don't think the light was anything to do with that over. It's just he happened to hit the right spot. He tried to bowl a few in-swingers, which actually seemed away. He drew a few play and misses. And, you know, batsmen inevitably sort of look up to the sky and umpires get the message and have a look at their light meters. But when they then went off and came back on, the, the difference was minute. Um, and... I think you just got to play, haven't you? The last time they came off, it started to drizzle, and maybe that was the time yeah. to call it quits. But the other two times, I mean, how how do we get over? How do we overcome this issue? Because it's like one step forward and two back all the time. Well, I, I put forward to uh, Sonny Gavaskin. We can hear from Sonny talk about Brad Curley in, in a moment about this idea of you know if the umpires deem it bad. Uh, for play, you know, bad, the light's too bad. You just substitute the pink ball in, you know, 64, find a 64 over pink ball and, and just get on with it. And just say it's one of the variables of the game. And it's it, you know, it just part of it. And he, his response to that was, I'm, I'm not going to dismiss that out of hand. I mean, some people have. Some people say it's absurd, you know, just change the game too much. Uh, he, but he, he said, I'm not going to d- dismiss it because I, I, he said, I want to go and think about it. I want to think about the, the, the pros and the cons. But it's a problem we, we're going to have to solve. I mean, it, it is a problem he, more here than, than most parts yeah. of the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, West Indies, South Africa, Australia, whatever, you know, India. The, the light's generally good. And it, it, the problem then is the back end of the day, isn't it? Only when the light fades because the sun's going down. But here it's the overcast conditions that you don't get in, in many other parts of the world. So it's, it's here really that we have the problem. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's a showpiece occasion. Mm. And it, it, it didn't really show Test cricket off in a great light. I mm. mean, I mean, the, the, and the, in a way, the last couple of days, something the rain. Uh, people say, why are they hold it in England? You know, mm. it's ridiculous. It always rains in England. But of course, we've just come off the back of mm. two glorious weeks. Where mm. I mean, Wednesday, I was thinking, this is it's getting too darn hot. Actually, we could do with a bit of you know a bit of cloud and rain. Then you get it, and then you, and the plays it's disrupted. I mean, have you come up since we've talked about this last year? Have you come up with any solutions? Well, I think that pink ball idea is the perfect solution. And you know, does I mean, it alter the balance of the game I too much? Though it does. I mean, it, look, the weather alters the balance of the game. Mm. Clouds roll in. Suddenly, fast bowlers get wickets, don't they? I mean, it, it, it's just the nature of a long game played in the outdoors on grass. It's going to have different. Uh, conditions at different times and it's lucky or unlucky if those conditions befall you and 
you know, Sonny said he's going to go and have a think about changing from a, a red ball to a pink ball. Well, you know, we've changed the whole concept of the game with things like DRS and Hawkeye bringing in virtual reality to make decisions mm. and many other things. We've done, you know, programs in the past about all the innovations in cricket. It doesn't seem to me to be a massive step to just substitute the ball. I mean, they're changing the ball all the time anyway because it's not swinging or something or it's there's a bit of a scuff on it and it's not or it's not going through that that hoop that the, the umpires have. Balls are changed all the time. What's wrong with changing to a pink ball? You've got to get play on somehow. And it doesn't seem nearly as radical a step changing from a, a red ball to a pink ball than bringing in virtual reality to decide LBWs. Well, it's the only thing I can think of that will, will solve the problem of bad luck. What the, the only thing I can think of at the moment that will solve the problem of, of bad luck, unless I don't know whether better floodlights would, would make a difference. I'm not sure what the floodlights here. I mean, they are quite low here, aren't they? And there, there are more of them. Well, no, I mean, it's not. better floodlights are not going to make a difference because, uh, as I remember Dave Richardson, the former mm-hmm. chief executive of the ICC, saying a few years ago, even the best floodlights are only about, 25% as good as daylight mm-hmm. so it, and and you know cricket is different from football or rugby where obviously you can play under lights because the ball's much bigger for a start uh, it, the small red ball is hard to, harder to see under floodlights when it's cloudy just have a pink ball well as I say it's the only thing I can think of what about this game then? We we the end of the second day. We we can play six days. It looks as though we might need that sixth day to. I have to cancel my dental appointment <laughs> for the Wednesday. Stupid of me to even think I should be able to get there. Really, especially in England in the middle of the summer. You must you must have known there was going to be lots of rain around. I mean, the, the, so just have a look. the forecast for the third day. Sunday is not too bad. Looks though we might get a, a full day's play close to it. Ninety eight overs. There might even be. There might even be some sun, apparently, uh, on, on Sunday. Monday looks a total washout at the, at the moment. And then two clear days. So if we have three full days from here, mm. is there a possibility of a result in this game? An, an outright result. Obviously, a draw is a result, but a, a win for either side. Yeah, definitely. There's enough movement in the pitch. I think the dampness will have created a few little divots. Uh, so I think the bounce might get uneven as the game wears on and there's enough grass on there to interest both teams for four days and there'll be plenty of edges that carry to slip so the good bounce in the pitch uh, obviously on a, on a nice sunny day it might be nice to bat on but I think the bowlers are all going to be always going to be in with a chance and there are some very good bowlers on show and what about the spinners? Do you see them getting in the game? And one one thing's worth one thing's worth noting, though. You, you, you're nodding your head and you're screwing your face up. But we've got two left armers bowling, and they've created a little bit of rough outside the right-handers off stump. They're going to get the old wicket, but they're not going to be. They're not going to be a big influence, I don't think. No. I suppose you could call this the Mission Tea Break. Mission Teas are a range of herbal products invented by Tom Whittle, who was cycling around South America and finding that he was getting very tired. And then he was revived by a range of Argentinian teas based on the herbs Yerba Mate and Matcha, renowned for their slow release of energy, and also Roibosch, famous for its anti-inflammatory effects. And as a result... Tom's created a range of mission teas that help with hydration, energy boosts, relaxation and even sleep. And they are now being taken by quite a number of sports stars, cricketers and footballers and even me. 
and actually I found them very beneficial and actually quite nice to drink as well and I'm sleeping better as well as all that so I highly recommend them Mission are offering listeners of this podcast 20% off your first order if you go to missionuk.com and type in the code cricketer20 at checkout. That's missionuk.com and use the code cricketer20. The man who will be, of course, a big influence, and in a way it will be fitting, won't it, if Coley manages to make 100 on Sunday, which is the exact 10-year anniversary of his test debut, which was against the West Indies, in uh, June of 2011, and actually an inauspicious debut, a four, caught down, uh, caught outside off stump, and then 15 in the second innings, caught down the leg side. Identical dismissals, caught bore, bold Edwards, bold Fidel Edwards, caught Carlton Bohr, uh, the wicketkeeper. Uh, obviously, you know, didn't take him long, Coley, to have a major impact on the world game. His eighth test, he made a dramatic 100 against Australia in Adelaide in a batting order, which he upstaged, which included Dravid, Tendulkar, Lakshman and Sawag. And he came in at number six and upstaged all of them. And really, apart from the odd little blip like in England in 2014, his career has just gone inexorably upwards. Um, And he's now, interestingly, I mean, I looked this up the other day... um, He's the only batsman that I can find who averages 50 or more in all formats, in all international formats, test, 50 over and T20. He's averaging ODIs, as probably many people know, 59. Incredible. Uh, With 43 international one-day hundreds and 27 test hundreds, Uh, he's averaging about 53 in tests and about 52 in T20 internationals. Astonishing. It's really astonishing. And it seems to me he he will be, international-wise, likely to be the most prolific batsman ever. And you've been speaking to Sonny Gavaskar. I mentioned Sonny earlier. He was on the, on the radio uh, with us uh, today talking about the, think, saying you think about the possibility of a, a pink ball. What has he been saying about Virat Kohli? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a great admirer, of course, of Virat Kohli. And... He is one of the Indian batsmen who's gone past 10,000 runs in the past, so has a good appreciation of the the pressure and expectation on a batsman in a a continent which has 1.3 billion fans. Uh, And and also, he's a great uh, observer of technique as well, and and that, I think, is one of the things that that Sonny really highlights. So I asked him, firstly, what makes Kohli special? I think uh, his assessment of the situation... The way he uh, knows uh, how to pace his innings, uh, the way he again is uh, looking to keep the strike rotating at the start of the innings, it's not easy to hit the boundaries. So you want to work your ones and twos, get the circulation going in the legs, get an idea of what the pitch is doing, what the bowlers are doing. He does that brilliantly. And uh, then after that, his footwork, his footwork stands out for, in a way, it's, it's simplicity. Uh, simplicity when he's going forward or when he's going back. When he's going back, he's going right back, particularly against the spinners. And uh, the simplicity of his footwork and the balance that he has at the crease. Always these are the two things that you look at uh, for, for great batsmen, the balance and, uh, you know, the footwork. And both these, uh, you know, factors, when you take into account, he's right up there. Just put yourself in, in, in or explain to us what it's like when you have that reputation 
you know, he's not made as many test runs as you, seven and a half thousand, you made 10,000. What's it like when you make that amount of runs as an Indian player and you've made, you know, 20 odd centuries, in your case, 30 centuries? What's it like dealing with the expectation as an Indian? It is, it's not easy. I can assure you it's not easy. Uh, today, of course, uh, the, the, the advantage that, if I might call it an advantage, is the fact that uh, they have these headphones uh, with which they can, you know, drown off uh, even when they're going through uh, through the airport, for example, or even when they get off the team bus and, and get into the ground or get off the team bus and get into the hotel. Uh, because there are crowds around, I'm talking in, in India, there are crowds around, they're always wanting you to do, you know, score the 100. I mean, they're always telling you, I want the 20, 21st, I want the 23rd, I want the 25th, that kind of stuff. And uh, so that can actually have an effect on you because it adds to the pressure. Um, uh, I don't know what the situation now is, but you know, you're, you're in your hotel room, you ask for room service, and the room service guy comes and delivers, you know, the stuff for you. And even as he delivers the stuff, there are two things that he wants from you. One is, do you have a ticket for tomorrow? Uh, and, and despite the fact that he's, be, he's going to be on duty, you don't know. You ask him, if you're going to be on duty, why do you want a ticket? No, sir, my sister will go, my brother will go. And the second question is, our second demand actually is not a question, is uh, please get me a hundred. Please get me a ticket and please get me a hundred. So with that kind of pressure where it's all the time being brought, you know, to, you're told that a hundred is expected, that can actually have, have an impact uh, on your game. And, and how do you shut that out? Never mind the crowd, when there is a crowd, you know, baying for you to get your hundred and cheering for you when you're walking out to bat and all that. But how do you shut all this extraneous stuff out? Well, actually, when you get onto the ground, that actually becomes your support. At, uh, maybe, you know, when you're off the ground, you know, it, it can be, you know, because that, that's the time you're probably, uh, say even at the airport, you know, or, or in, in a hotel, you just want to shut out from the game. But once you're at the ground, and when that kind of support comes to you that we want 100, it actually lifts you up. So at the ground, it's not, it's not an issue at all. At the ground, it, it, in fact, it helps you because you, you sort of start to focus that much more. And uh, so at the ground, I would imagine that that actually acts as a plus. So it's only because you want to, you know, not think cricket when you're, you're getting off an aircraft or getting into a hotel. That's the time you probably don't want those, that, that noise around you. But once you're out on the field, you just want that support because it tells you so many people are backing you. So many people want you to do well. And then I think it, it, it's actually uplifting. And what's it like when you deliver? You know, when you've actually got the hundred that they've asked you for? Unbelievable, unbelievable. I think I think one of the things that you to, you look for. I mean, that's what you dream about, is it? Isn't it? Um, as a school kid, that you're going to score a test hundred uh, for your country. And you know, I think it's just an unimaginable feeling in the sense that you think of so many things. You first and foremost, of course, you're raising your bat to the crowd, to your to your teammates in the in the dugout. Uh, and then you're thinking about, you know, I mean, about your family, about, you know, about your wife, your parents, uh, uh, about your kids, uh, about your coaches who have all supported. And that is the reason why I, every, every single player is not just an Indian player. Every single batsman you'll find is vulnerable immediately after 100 to 110. See the number of batsmen that get out between 100 and 110 because the concentration has gone. 
because you know you are just savoring the moment you are just thinking oh, of all these other things and that focus get, get, gets you away that's why a smart thing to do is for the next 10 minutes be at the non striker zone good advice and clearly something maybe Kohli has thought of because i was just looking up his uh, record and he's got about seven double hundreds yes incredible isn't it and he just keeps going on and he just doesn't get tired he wants more and that's that's the beauty of 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 uh, his uh, cricket he said he's not satisfied whether it is as 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 a batsman as a fielder as a captain uh, he just wants uh, wants to you know get as much as he, as he can um, and uh, that's the reason why uh, you know you find that everybody around him also starts to you know go in that uh, positive way one other thing i suppose about him which is fairly remarkable is we we talked about his test career but he's still performing or you know as well in all the other formats phenomenal average and record in one day cricket for 50 overs for instance can you explain how he's able to perform at such a high level in such dramatically different formats i think because he's technically very sound and when you're technically very sound it it helps you in all formats of the game he's got all the shots in the book he can play off the front foot he can play off the back foot uh, so there's nothing that can restrict you and in limited overs cricket there's more of an opportunity for you to sort of you know start getting going because the fielders are just a little bit deep set so you can get your singles if not the boundaries and that that helps you to keep the scoreboard rotating and he's such a quick runner between the wickets such a fast runner between the wickets I mean if I was batting today I mean I would love to have him at the other end for the simple reason okay I'm not hitting boundaries I just tap the ball around he's there for the single he's got me going he's got he's not making me feel stagnated he's you know uh, keeping the scoreboard rotating but I think it's it's just the fact that uh, he has this range of shots he's aware of the situation when to play what shot even in the limited overs game even in the 20 overs game you very seldom see him go for the aerial shot excepting maybe it's in the 16 17 18 over of the 20 over format and in the 50 overs format as well very seldom yes he has that flick to square leg which is a lofted shot but those lofted straight you know long on long off he he doesn't doesn't really go for that and and that error free uh, batting at the test level and in and the white ball format is the reason why he's so consistent can he go on to become the Uh, Indian batsman with the most runs in all formats. I don't think there there is any reason for him to stop for the simple reason he's only what 32 now and uh, with his fitness uh, uh, he could go on for another 6 8 years um, just like Tendulkar went on till 40 and if he plays till 40 then certainly I think everything all the records batting records should be his. So that's Sunny Gavaskar one great talking about another great do you, do you think there's a bit of envy from sunny towards uh, virat kohli or or do you think he just i mean he had a fantastic career himself didn't he he was a, he was a wonderful player uh, sunny gavaskar obviously but do, do you think when you get one great player to talk about another you think oh, i i wish i'd been as good as him or was he as good as me he might wish he was as rich as kohli <laughs> uh, i i looked up um, his earnings actually and he's now kohli at number 59 
in the Forbes highest paid sportsman mm. in the world. And that's the, I think that's as high as any cricketer has ever got. Mm. Uh, he's worth about sort of $30 million, probably, and the rest. But that officially is about the figure. You haven't got time to spend it all, though, have you? I mean, well, you got all that money. Where, where do you spend it? Well, he's playing cricket all the time, isn't he? Uh, I don't think there's any envy apart mm. as far as his achievements from Sonny at all. He's not the envious type, no. is he? Um, he he just he didn't, he looks at him in wonder actually uh, at his as he said really at his skill and his fitness levels and his drive and uh, just his his desire really and 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 relentlessness as well and I don't think Sonny can quite identify with that because you know he was obviously insatiable as a batsman but he didn't have to have those levels of fitness or play in all the different formats mm-hmm. in the same way as as Cody does, and deliver, you know, every corner, every turn of his career, every moment, he's expected to deliver. Yeah, the expectations were... That's probably similar, I suppose. The expectations were on Sonny as well, though, when he yeah. was playing, and the, and the focus as well. I mean, we, we, we see it but now. But now, I mean, they're in the spotlight so much more, aren't they? I mean, you know, social media, Coley's got something like 200 million followers on Instagram and so on. You know, I mean, you have to keep delivering to all those people all the time. I think he charges something like uh, 500,000 for a, a one day's appearance. Or something. For well, I've heard it's more than that. I've heard it's more than it that. It might be even, yeah. yeah. At least, well, that's yeah. a sort of minimum yeah. figure. Yeah. So, but but you know it, it, that comes with expectations and pressure and all that, doesn't it? Yeah. And can you slip into a quiet re- retirement afterwards? I mean, it, it, I mean, Sonny's still at the focus, isn't he? Because he still does the commentary. But I, I, you know, we've been him with him trying to get into you know Indian grounds, and you know, you, you're on the mini bus going into the ground. Everyone's. Sort of, Crowding round and banging on the, you know, in, in, you know, it's t- celebrating him. He's sort of banging on the mm. on the window and th- things like that, and trying to take photographs. So, you know, he he's yeah, he sort of understands. I think well, he totally understands. Of course, he does that sort of goldfish bowl nature because he he's still incredibly famous himself. But I suppose you know, Coley now is 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 up another level. Mm. I think where Coley is probably at his most relaxed might be in the dressing room, because there they're sort of protected. They can't be accessed in, in any way. Um, it's their space. And, and that's one thing that, uh, that Dinesh Kartik talks about, um, because I, I talked to him about Kohli as well, sort of take a different take on Kohli as a man who he spent time with in the dressing room. I think they've played 60 times together for India in different formats. And obviously he's an, an opponent in the IPL and, and, and been part of Indian squads for, for num- a number of years. They're similar sort of ages. Kartik's a little bit older. but And he's, a, he's an observant character too, Dinesh, which is partly why he's now on the commentary team. So I, I asked him the same question as Sonny, uh, in a way, what makes Kohli special, but he had slightly different answers. His hunger to succeed, he's found uh, ways in his game, on and off the field, to figure out what's the best way to be the champion cricketer that he is today and uh, arguably one of the best going around the world. I think his hunger to succeed is what has propelled him in a direction that's been fabulous for us to watch. What elements of his play um, you know, make him stand out? I mean, what does he work on? to make him so successful? I think the answer to that is the other way around. He hasn't changed much in his batting from what he used to bat in his under-19 days to what he's batting today. His initial movement is almost the same. He makes small trigger adjustments, you know, when he should start, you know, 
when when you should do his front foot move when he should do his initial movement trigger um you know his ability to get behind the line of the ball initially his shot ball used to be something that he used to think about at times and how he's worked on that and and the fact that he's held his core game together without changing too much of it has been an absolute asset for him over a period of time and that's why you know even when he goes through a short slump which we haven't seen in many many years uh, he's able to bounce back very quickly because his core game has remained the same from the day he started till today so that is one of his strengths i believe and does he um pass that message on to others i mean you know there's no right or wrong way to bat but clearly it works what he does does he sort of trade talk to you about it i mean do you talk to him about you know technical things at all or is it something he doesn't really worry about too much maybe i'm sure look uh 2014 series i think against england james anderson troubled him a lot i think um, that was one battle he wanted to conquer badly so when we came in 2018 he was a different player he had his he had his tactically played ready he figured out where he wanted to stand what he came was, out to came towards. out yeah. he you know um he didn't he, what he didn't want to do was get out nicking off he wanted to know exactly where his off stump was so the one that used to drop the one that could trouble the batsman in that after that would be the ball that comes in for the lbw so he kind of stood outside the crease conquered the ability to play a 85 87 mile bowler from standing outside the crease which not mere mortals can do so that's so special about him his tactical play he thinks about his game and you know he conquers these small battles now you said um, the other day that he doesn't practice much he doesn't hit that many balls in a way is that the secret to his hunger on the field he doesn't get too tired off it No I mean for how fit he is he could bat 10 times more than that and he'd still have the same energy going into the field because that's the amount of work he puts in on his body in terms of training and mentally pushing himself as well so he doesn't bat yes he bats little because and I also feel that because when he was younger I think he batted a lot more and he's tapered it down over a period of time he's found you know that sweet spot as they would say how much he needs to bat to you know get into a tournament in the right mind space I think he's found that out perfectly for perfectly for himself what suits him I'm I'm just talking a little bit about his off the field so you know fitness nutrition have you seen that at close hand what sort of things does he does he do to to maintain his supreme condition uh look i think uh, everybody has a very decent knowledge about diet but credit to him is able to follow it to a T irrespective of whether he is you know playing the sport or not when he's having his downtime back home he still follows all of that to a t you know he used to be somebody if i'm right had a bit of a sweet tooth but you know he literally doesn't touch an aerated drink he wouldn't uh, you know have much fatty food he would do exactly what is required for him to be a supreme athlete you know and also i think one of his uh, favorite sportsmen is cristiano ronaldo you know and um, and you could see how he is uh, you know physically and the way he performs on the field how he's able to push himself uh, when others are a bit tired and i think he's he's taken a leaf out of that book and he's kept that as his you know goal so to say what's he actually like you know i mean as a as a bloke sort of off the field i mean he you know he's he's obviously incredibly impressive on the field he gives great press conferences i think he's very sort of strong minded and and strong talking but what about away from you know the cameras in the dressing room i mean what what's he like is a supremely talented fellow in most other aspects of normal life as well in the sense that you know he sings very beautifully does he yeah really he dances as well as anybody you can see he picks up things very fast even for all his you know endorsements that he does uh, 
you know, he does some stuff that proper actors would do in terms of, you know, close-up shots and all of that. So anything that he takes up, I think he wants to be really good at it. And, you know, that shows off in the game as well. Can you relax around him? I mean, he's obviously, he's the captain. You know, he's he's very kind of ambitious. But is he is he easy to sort of enjoy his company also? Actually, he's a very fun-loving guy. You know, he cracks a lot of jokes and he's fun to be around. Off the field, he's nothing like what he is on the field. He's a very relaxed, chilled-out guy like anybody else would. A good leader on the field. And a, very, and a very relaxed person off the field. So that's Dinesh Kartik talking about Virat Kohli. On the field, though, he's, he's so fired up, isn't he? I mean, he's that relaxed character in the dressing room, but he's, he's so driven on the field. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how he maintains it, really. I mean, I suppose it's the, it's the fitness levels and, you know, the focus on nutrition that obviously help to, to maintain that incredible focus. But... You need something within you, don't you? You need this sort of soul as well. You need this, uh, I mean, you know, this relentless ambition that he has uh, is something deep inside him, uh, which doesn't seem to likely to be likely to subside. Also, he has this fantastic talent as well. I mean, as a former first-class cricketer yourself, I mean, you had a, you had a successful counter You took 600 first-class wickets, you know, and m- most people who, who play sport is played cricket in this country. Don't, don't get anywhere near that. Can you do you look at Coley as a as a former first class player and, and think, God, oh, I wish I wish I had you know his talent. Or I wish I could play at that level. Could have played at that level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, be, because he does it with style as well. I mean, I wouldn't have liked to have been a boycott really, because I think it just it would, it would I, I've just got would have got bored. But the way that Coley plays in such a sort of expressive way and also he runs other people's runs he's he's totally committed as a team man and I'm not saying by the way Jeffrey isn't wasn't but you know he's he's so in with the team wants the team to do well uh, and and he puts them first very much and I think that, that his range of skills the opportunity in so many different formats of the game to express himself as as he shows I, I just watched him back today and he really, even though he only made 44 not out, I just thought that was a brilliant exhibition of his exceptional skill, knowing what balls to leave, how to defend the moving delivery, the recognition that there was the odd one to hit for four, the uh, absolutely exceptional running between the wickets, the the, the building of partnerships. I mean, you know, the, the, the blocks, you know, where he plays the ball and it's like a barn door. You can't get past it. And, and yet, still got the, the the flair and panache to to play, you know, lovely looking shots for for runs as well. So, I, I guess you know, if you could be that good, of course you'd want to be. But you, you what the point is, you'd want to be someone. You want to be a flamboyant cricketer rather than a, a sort of. Well, it, must six, be, it must be a bit more fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the only thing I'd say is that, as Sonny said, he never hits the ball in the air, mm. and I would have thought sometimes you'd want to do that. You want to get down the wicket and, you know, absolutely muller it into the mm. into the stands. And he seems to resist the temptation to do that, just as Bradman did. Bradman never hit the ball in the air. He only hit six sixes in his test career, Bradman. Who would you who would you rather watch back? Coley or Rishabh Pant? Um I know that's that's a very loaded question. <laughs> and I know what you're gonna say about your own I think I would actually say Coley because I think it, I think the the precision and the exquisite nature of his shots and and the balance which Sonny talked about and the, and the footwork, I think it's, it's an absolute exhibition of how to bat. So I would say Coley. 
Well, we might watch both of them about on the third day of this game because Rishabh Pant is the, is the next uh, player in. That w- and that would be a treat not to uh, play down Rahani, who's batted very well and stubbornly as well and shown great technique and, and determination to resist until the close. So it was an in- interesting sort of first half of the day or first or two-thirds of the day and then spoiled by the, the weather as the, the official first day was. At the, the Hampshire Bowl, as we must call it for this uh, test match. It's been renamed, no sponsor's name, because it's an ICC event. And, w- well, let's see what happens as this, this game goes on. Uh, you, you think there can be a positive uh, result in the game. The weather might have its say. Let's hope so. I think it, it, it would really serve the ICC World Test Championship well if there was a positive outcome, if one of these two teams got on top of the other and, and, and won the game at the moment. It looks as if India are in the better position, but you, you never know. You could have a situation where uh, India were bowled out for 220. We should just mention the England women's team against India's women, and a, you know it's a good day for India here, but a, a good day for for India in Bristol as well because they were un, they were up against it. They were following on. They were in danger of defeat, but there was a magnificent partnership uh, for the ninth wicket for India. With Snay Rana 80 not out and Tania Bhatia 44 not out, and they shared a century partnership for the ninth wicket. The England fielders must have been very tired because they were in the field for a very long time. Of course, they don't play much Test cricket, so that's a, a new experience for them. 121 overs in the second innings. Sophie Eccleston, who we've had on the uh, the Virtual Cricket Club, 38 overs, four for a. 118 wickets in the first innings as well. But ultimately, I mean, there's a lot of talk about the pitch for that match uh, before it was played. And, that, you know, yeah. it should have been a fresh pitch, really, shouldn't it? Um, but the pitch has held up well and India have batted brilliantly to, to save the match. And um, there was a, an exceptional performance by Shafali Verma, who made 63 in India's second innings and 96 in the first innings on debut. And I believe she's the youngest person ever age 17 to make two 50s on a test test match debut yeah and you've got out make, going for a big shot as well didn't she in, the, in that first innings uh, on 96 whether she'll regret that but I mean she's, she's clearly got a lot of talent and the dasher apparently yeah well she's got a lot, a lot of talent if they play more test cricket and that's the question is it how much more uh, test cricket they're going to play but that was a really hard fought game uh, down in Bristol and uh, I mean ultimately I think India will probably be happier than England although England fought hard and they were in, in control of the match for the most part but India uh, resisted as they did uh, today at the Aegeus Bowl um, we'll be back to report on the third day's play in this World Test Championship final uh, tomorrow but for now well, it's, it's Virat Kohli day uh, tomorrow is that, is that it? He'll probably be out first ball yeah. Well I mean I hope not actually because I'd love to see a bit more of him but I'm sure the New Zealanders can't wait to get to see the back of him That's it then. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.